Welcome to the Truth Hurts Program. I'm Steve Z. Let's get right to it. Welcome back to the Truth Hurts Program for Tuesday, March 23rd, 2021. I'm Steve Z, and I host this little excursion. We look into the double standards. We look into the truth behind the lies foisted upon you by the mainstream liberal leftist media and by Democrats in power. We promised you that we'd be looking at Gropey Joe, the wannabe tough guy from Scranton, Pennsylvania, who's playing a game of Russian roulette with your life, my life, and the very future of our country. We'll take another look at the 25th Amendment and other ways to remove a senile person from office. And we'll look at the possible socialist future of America if Camel Toe Harris, the former call girl, gets bumped up to the big chair. And of course, what Truth Hurts program would be complete without mentioning the double standard in media's reporting of Gropey Joe's stumbling up the stairs to that airplane versus how they covered Trump's little trip on a ramp. And also, let the reparations begin. So let's get right on into it, shall we? Gropey Joe Biden, the 78-year-old President of the United States, the feeble old man who loves to shake and wag his finger at people and tell them to get off of his lawn, but he lacks any power to actually enforce it, at least that's the way it's been most of his life, now thinks because he sits in the big chair at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, he has some kind of real power. The scary part, boys and girls, is he does. He is holding the nuclear football. And that should scare the living hell out of each and every American, no matter what political party you are affiliated with. You remember back on the campaign trail when a larger fella asked Joe Biden if he was fit and should he take a mental exam? And Joe Biden lashed out at him, all angry like a little hurt old man, and said, You want to challenge me to some push-ups, fat? Hey, fat, you want to challenge me? Come on, buddy. He acts like he's a tough guy, and he's put on that phony impression of himself, that phony ideal that he's set for himself pretty much his entire political life. Now he suddenly finds himself waging a bitter two-front confrontation with America's foes in the last Cold War, Moscow, and the U.S. adversary in possibly the next Cold War, China. Nasty personal insults have been flying back and forth between the White House and the Kremlin, as the staggeringly blunt rhetoric erupts into the administration's first big talks with China. Gropey Joe's running around trying to lay down the law on his tough policy towards the Asian power as well as the Russian power. A remarkable day of squabbling confirmed that U.S. relations with China suck and they've sunk to their lowest point since Richard Nixon's pioneering mission to open the then-isolated communist nation way, way back in the 70s. U.S. and Russia ties are, meanwhile, at their most difficult point since the fall of the Soviet Union. As you may recall, the simmering feud with Russia escalated when Gropey Joe blasted Vladimir Putin as a, quote, killer in an interview last week, in which Vladimir Putin, a very strong leader, responded directly calling Gropey Joe Biden old and senile. Then we had that little meeting in Alaska with the Chinese people on Thursday, where Abe Lincoln, not Abraham Lincoln, but Antony Blinken, spoke out badly and openly about his opinions, which he mirrors Biden's opinions, on China being a bad country. 
These exchanges are the diplomatic equivalent of a head-to-head -head quarrel, and they will reverberate across the Pacific. These actions prompted a senior U.S. official to accuse the Chinese of arriving intent on grandstanding, focused on public theatrics and dramatics over substance. Perhaps the most alarming feature of this showdown is how it quickly ramped up. Neither side is willing to back down, and each is seeking to get the upper hand and have the last word in front of cameras. This cycle of escalation reminds me of that old man who wants to argue about someone's dog walking on his lawn. Gropy Joe is the presumed leader of the United States, but he is weak as weak can be. Wagging your feeble, shaking hand at Vladimir Putin, Mr. Biden, might get your ass whipped. And that would be fun to watch. Almost as fun as watching him trip three times on the stairway up to Air Force One last week, which we have the actual play-by-play -play from our veteran sports department. Well, it looks like President Biden is headed out to the tarmac here at Joint Base Andrews. Don't you just love the marijuana reference, Joint Base Andrews? President Biden is finally out of the basement and headed for his first trip to discuss those killings of the Asian massage parlor workers in Georgia. Now, we all know how that turned out. No happy endings there, folks. The president is ascending the stairs to Air Force One. It's a grueling 28 steps from the ground up to the doorway at Air Force One. And that's a monumental accomplishment for a guy his age if he can... Oh, he stumbled! And he stumbled again! Holy sh**! Third time's a charm? No, his f***ing legs look like they just gave out! Such a shame to see a career politician, a 78-year-old man, simply trying to walk up a set of 28 f***ing steps. And then bust his ass not once, not twice, but three f***ing times! But wait, he's up. He's sprinting to the top of the stairway. Now he's turning and saluting. What a prick. This guy never served in the military. Well, that's it for the tarmac, folks. He's on the plane. I guess he's going to nurse those f***ing wounds for a couple of days. Back to you guys in the studio. And folks, that might be funny to watch and might not be funny. It just depends on your political point of view. But when you look at this from a serious perspective, Biden toying with Russia and toying with China in this manner brings me all the way back to the 1960s and 1970s, the Cold War, the worry about having our young men and now women put into harm's way by sending them into endless wars overseas. But this guy has the nuclear football, as I said. Press of a button, and he could end planet Earth as we know it. And to prove to the world who's actually in charge of things in the United States of America, the leftist mainstream media, George Takeapopoulos on ABC's show last week was speaking to gropey Joe Biden when Stepinopoulos made the comment that Putin was a killer and gropey Joe agreed. That, my friends, is an extraordinary breach of protocol given that Russia remains a proud world power. He warned that Russian leader Putin would, quote, pay a price, unquote, after U.S. intelligence agencies concluded that he, Putin, oversaw an effort to help Trump and harm Biden in 2020. You and I both know it was the exact opposite, but hey, who am I to argue? Putin, in a true mafia-like fashion, actually wished Biden good health in response. He actually challenged Biden to test his faculties in an online debate. In case you missed the point, 
Former Russian President Dmitry Medvedev, once seen as the great hope of reset for U.S.-Russia ties in the Obama era, responded with a direct insult, referring to Biden's age as the oldest American president. Medvedev said, It seems like time has not been kind to him. I can only quote Freud. Nothing in life is more expensive than illness and stupidity. In Biden's interview on ABC News, it reflected the pragmatism underlying U.S. and Russian policy. Biden indicated he is willing to respond to Putin's macho approach while finding areas of common interest as they arise. The world is laughing at him. Meetings between American and Chinese diplomats never publicly display the unpleasant scenes that enfolded in Alaska, which reflect the soaring tensions between a bullish China and a feeble America under gropey Joe Biden. Our relationship with China will be competitive when it should be, collaborative when it can be, and adversarial when it must be, said Abe Blinken. We will engage China from a position of strength. Be careful what you wish for, gropey Joe. It is our lives you are putting at risk. Steve Z and the Truth Hurts Program. When Gropey Joe entered office, he listed what he called four historic crises. The coronavirus pandemic, the economy, a reckoning on race, and climate change. Yes, never let a good crisis go to waste is the Democrat motto. Not among them was a predicament that two months into his presidency now poses a political threat. A growing number of migrants and unaccompanied churins showing up at the southern border and overtopping the capacity of federal facilities. Republicans, of course, are seizing on the influx, which the White House has not yet been ballsy enough to call a crisis. They argued that Biden's team was unprepared for the migrants' reaction to his attempts to roll back Donald Trump's stricter immigration policies and protect the sovereignty of these United States of America. The Biden administration, meanwhile, is pointing fingers at Trump, as you might expect, blaming Trump, saying that the Donald Trump administration systematically ripped families apart and treated people fleeing violence and poverty with inhumanity and neglected and dismantled a system set up to deal with those people by Barack Hussein Obama. I have said it on the program time and time and time again. If you use a colander approach, the migrants will simply slip through all along the border. Donald Trump was correct. Build a big deterrent, a physical barrier, a wall, a massive fence, and then funnel those who have legal claims to want to come here for asylum through legal points of entry. But the way they have it now, there is no deterrent. And these people in Central America, Mexico, and even South America, as well as terrorists from other foreign nations, they know they can simply just walk right the hell on in, and there's not much that the Biden administration will do to stop them, to deter them, to dissuade them, or to otherwise say, please go home, please don't come. Biden has taken a whole bunch of executive actions since taking office, and each and every one of them has taken aim at a Trump policy. 
It began with kicking off wide-ranging reviews and halting construction of the very necessary border wall, all the way to creating a task force aimed at reuniting those migrant families that were properly separated under Trump. Remember, he also proposed a bill that will provide a pathway to citizenship for at least 11 million illegal aliens already in the United States, along with other major what he calls reforms, like opening the door and rolling out the welcome mat. But he still refuses to call this a crisis, and that makes him a failure in my eyes and the eyes of over half of the American populace. We'll be right back. Steve Z and the Truth Hurts Program. In the Chicago suburb of Evanston, Illinois, you are about to see the beginning of the downfall of the United States of America. For Evanston, Illinois is about to become the first United States city making reparations money available to 13% double-A hyphenated Blafrican American minorities. You heard me correctly. Part of a growing movement that has picked up speed in the wake of the police killings of black Americans, including the criminal thug animal drug abuser George Floyd, a decision was made by Evanston, Illinois officials which will lay the groundwork for it and other municipalities and states considering giving money in reparations to the black community. Ron Daniels, who oversees the National African American Reparations Commission, or NARC, told CBS's Money Watch, It doesn't mean that every city will do exactly like Evanston has done, but there is a blueprint there. The Evanston, Illinois City Council voted 8-1 to one on Monday night to start out with an expenditure of $400,000 of taxpayer money to give 16 black households $25,000 each to be spent on home repairs or down payments on new property. This was funded by a new tax on weed, legalized marijuana. The council previously committed $10 million over 10 years to repairing the ongoing harm that they claim systemic racism has caused to Evanston, Illinois' Blafrican American residents. Housing initiatives are only the first step. About 16% of the residents of Evanston are black. National advocacy groups that advised Evanston on its action expressed optimism that other cities and states will likely follow suit leading further to pressure a national legislation providing reparations to all Blafrican American 13% AA hyphenated American minorities. Cam Howard is the co-chair of the National Coalition of Blacks for Reparations in America, or called NCOBRA. They told CBS Money Watch, we are very excited to see the first national direct benefit from some of the harms we had to experience from the past. The more local initiatives occur, the more impetus there is on the federal government to act. Daniels from NARC agreed, this is no longer a friend's issue. It gets at the critical issue 
of addressing and redressing the systematic racism that is one of the original sins of this nation. This ridiculous reparations effort in Evanston was led by Robin Simmons, an alderwoman who will join the commission when her term ends. Now to give you some perspective, Evanston, Illinois is a suburb just north of Chicago. And from the give them an inch and they'll want a mile perspective, Evanston's plan came up short in the eyes of some local residents and even one council member. Alderwoman Cicely Fleming wrote against the resolution, arguing that this is basically a housing program masking as reparations. True reparations should respect black people's autonomy and allow them to determine how their repairs will be managed, including cash payments as an option. They are being denied that in this proposal, which gives money directly to a bank or a contractor on their behalf. If we're doing reparations, let's do reparations right. In a phone interview with CBS Money Watch, Ms. Fleming also said many in Evanston's black community objected to this, quote, paternalistic model of we know what's best for you, unquote. She said she hoped city officials would give black residents more say on how reparations are handled moving forward, while also giving fund recipients more autonomy on how they use the money. Sebastian Knowles organized a group called Evanston Rejects Racist Reparations. He expressed similar sentiments to CBS Chicago saying, what this plan is is not reparations. The group supports reparations, strangely enough, but it says there are too many limits on the outlays. Residents are unable to use their funds for anything other than housing. Well, guess what? If your house looks like ass and you haven't been maintaining it and someone's offering you free money, even if they're calling it reparations and they're telling you you have to use the money to fix your nasty rat infested house, then why the hell don't you use that money for that purpose? A local AA hyphenated minority realtor named Vanessa Johnson McCoy told the television station, Housing is just the first step, and there will be other parts of this initiative. I say it's definitely a start, and I say yes, we have to begin somewhere. A federal measure that would establish a commission to study and develop reparations on a federal level has 170 co-sponsors in the U.S. House of Representatives. Advocates of yet another giveaway to minorities say that they are hopeful the White House will start to take executive action if the Senate fails to pass a bill giving your money to black people who were never slaves, never the children of slaves, never the grandchildren or great-grandchildren of slaves, but want to use that race card for some more of your tax dollars directly paid to them. By the way, around the U.S., cities including Asheville, North Carolina, Amherst, Massachusetts, Burlington, Vermont, the city of Chicago, Illinois, and Providence, Rhode Island have stated that they are starting reparation efforts, although none have yet allocated the first dollar to Blafrican American 13% AA hyphenated American minorities. Steve Z and the Truth Hurts Program. The following is a non-paid advertisement for people whose butts hurt. Oh, sorry. I mean, for minorities that are butt hurt. 
Face it, Republicans have been a pain in the butt, and Democrats have falsely promised but underdelivered for decades. Ooh, we are so is glad that Biden and Kamato Harris have won the day election for sure. Now it's time for something I've been needing for many years now, since 1863 to be exact. Thanks to Ms. Harris being the new vice president, I's gonna get me some fresh tube of Reparation H. I sure is glad I got me some Reparation H. Now slide it in there, baby. Oh yeah, that's the way, just like I like it. Yay, nice and slow. Oh, 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 easy, baby. That feels like an elbow. Reparation H is the camel toe Harris answer to giving back to those she pandered to. Reparation H is the topical treatment of Trump derangement syndrome, or butt heart syndrome, and is the reparation of choice in the BM movement. Reparation H is for double eight 13% minorities who have never been slaves, but feel like they are owed something because their great 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 not so great granddaddy might have been a slave, but have not proved to back up that statement. Reparation H is endorsed by Camel Toe Harris and is for black people only. Reparation H is properly applied by sticking your thumb right up your... Well, you get the picture, baby. I got my reparation from Reparation H. They're coming to take your guns away, ha ha ho ho he he. The Atlanta spa shootings have revived calls for gun reform. The murders of eight people at three Atlanta-based spas last week have led to renewed calls for change from gun control advocates who are begging lawmakers to take swift and comprehensive action. Brandon Wolf is a survivor of a 2016 mass shooting at the Gay Pulse nightclub in Orlando, Florida, and he spoke to reporters on Monday because, well, why not? That's how he makes a living. He gets paid to do interviews. He said, One of the hardest parts about being a survivor of gun violence is having to keep showing up. It's learning how to publicly relive the worst moment of your life over and over again in the hopes that someday someone with power will do something to hear you. I escaped the Pulse nightclub through a fire exit when a man, fueled by hatred and armed with a weapon of war, charged in the front door and opened fire took 19 rounds between the two of them. (laughs) We have to stop making it so easy for people with a history of hate-fueled violence to get their hands on firearms. Change cannot wait. Under the gropey Joe Biden administration, gun homicide rates in the U.S. are now 25 times higher than other high-income countries according to a study published by the American Journal of Medicine. Medicine? Yeah, I guess they're allergic to bullets. There have been 245 so-called mass shootings in the U.S. since 2009, according to data compiled by an advocacy group called Every Town for Gun Safety. They define a mass shooting as any incident in which four or more people are shot and killed, excluding the shooter. 99% of gun deaths in the U.S. are from shootings other than mass shootings, according to that report. Chris Brown is the president of the Brady Campaign to Prevent Gun Violence, told ABC News, The bottom line is that hate exists everywhere in the world. Americans' unfettered access to weapons makes that hate lethal. It's horribly tragic that it takes the highly public murder of eight people to prompt that conversation but we owe it to ourselves to have it again and again and again 
and to hold Congress accountable. And since the media right now does not want to focus on Joe Biden's failings at the southern border, Joe Biden's failings in international diplomacy with China and Russia, Joe Biden doesn't want you to know about the failing U.S. economy that he promised to bring back immediately. Joe Biden doesn't want you to know that his so-called plan for curing the Wuhan China novel coronavirus Kung Fu Wuhan flu is failing. So they're going to focus your attention on gun violence once again. It's sort of like watching Wheel of Fortune. You don't know when you're going to hit that bankrupt. You don't know when you're going to hit that $3,500 space. But you keep spinning that wheel and you keep pulling out another number and guessing another letter. And I guess right now, the thought is, let's talk about gun violence, and that'll take everybody's mind off of all of the other failings of Gropey Joe and Camel Toe. Steve Z and the Truth Hurts Program. Welcome to Happy Jacks. Can I take your order? Oh, uh, yeah. I like a number three mystery meat combo with extra rodent hairs, a side of fingernails, and a large order of bone fragments. Okay, will that complete your order? Oh, no way. I also need an order of maggoty mushrooms and a large cherry limeade with extra rodent poop. Oh, and make sure it has plenty of ice from your special ice maker with that green mold in it. Will that be all? Yeah, sure. Oh, oh, wait, wait, one more thing. Do you have any chicken byproduct nuggets with any metal shavings or just the ones with broken machinery parts and feathers in it? Just the metal shavings today, sir. Oh, okay. I'll take a large order of those, too. 1435, please drive around. Happy Jacks, the place where you never quite know what it is that you're actually eating. And here's 10 things you need to know for your March 23rd edition of the Truth Hurts program. Some of Donald Trump's top aides are helping him to start his own social media network. Trump's former campaign manager, Brad Parscale, is said to be heading the effort, which will be a Twitter-style social media network, and that will bring Donald Trump back to the mainstream social media. The drug maker AstraZeneca is answering questions about the vaccine trial data. The drug maker may have provided an incomplete view of its data, according to the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. An independent committee overseeing the trials expressed concern that AstraZeneca may have included outdated information in its data. Gropey Joe Biden is now talking about a $3 trillion infrastructure plan. Instead of a massive single bill, proposals like National family paid leave, free community college, and universal pre-K would be split into smaller separate bills. They could even try and help pay for the plan to lower drug prices by raising taxes on you and me and everyone working for a living. Several U.S. companies are supposedly backing the push by the White House to ensure family paid leave is a thing of the future. And Lady Gaga, along with Spotify and Eventbrite, are among 200 companies pushing the White House to make sure this is a priority. Biden is considering changes to the current tax code, like adding taxes to everything you sell, everything you buy, capital gains tax rates, etc., etc. 
Michael Sherwin, a Trump-appointed prosecutor overseeing capital riot cases, blindsided top Justice Department officials last week in agreeing to sit for a high-profile television interview that some fear will jeopardize proceedings related to the violent so-called insurrection. Sidney Powell's lawyer says her conspiracy theories about Dominion were too outlandish to be taken seriously. You might recall that she was making some outlandish comments about Dominion software rigging the 2020 election. She's now saying that no reasonable person would have believed what she was saying. She was only doing it to push forward the thought that there were indeed irregularities sprawling throughout the United States. She, of course, is being sued. Meanwhile, Trump won't forgive Mr. Mike Pence. He said Mr. Pence should have gone back to overturn the election results after the Capitol riot, and Pence said he didn't have the power to do so. He did, however, have the power to call into question individual, questionable results, state by state. At 4.10 p.m. this afternoon, Eastern Time, gropey Joe Biden will be wheeled out of the White House to tour the James Cancer Center Hospital and Solov Research Institute over in Columbus, Ohio, where he's set to deliver remarks, but we know damned well he's not going to answer any questions. Biden has all of his cabinet secretaries in place now. Marty Walsh's confirmation as labor secretary means the president now has 15 cabinet secretaries a mark that came more quickly for Biden than Trump or Obama. While Biden will have a historically diverse cabinet, he's also the first president in decades to not appoint a single Asian American secretary. I guess those shootings in Atlanta didn't strike a chord with the president after all. Introducing the 2021 Schluter Liberal battery-powered sports car for the flamboyant ultra-liberal who wants to go really fast. The Schluter Liberal is powered by four electric motors and 968 AA batteries that can propel this new car up to 160 miles per hour in only nine seconds. Do you need to travel far? The Schluter Liberal can travel up to 13 miles before needing new batteries, which can be purchased just about anywhere. For an additional $12,500, you can upgrade your Schluter Liberal to rechargeable batteries. You'll never have to drop off boxes of depleted batteries again at one of those pesky recycling centers. You'll never use fuel again. Simply recharge your Liberal at home. Shh, don't tell anyone that your home electrical service is still dependent on fossil fuel generating stations. That will be our little secret. Worried about safety? The Schluter Liberal is a two-seater that weighs in at 9,250 pounds. It comes with Kamala airbags, the kind you have to blow yourself, and self-groping seatbelts shaped like the President's own hands. And with starting prices at an impressive ultra-low $89,999, you can be the first person on your cul-de-sac to own a Schluter Liberal two-seat sports car. So order yours now. They're available only in California, while federal subsidies last. Plus federal tax, state tax, city tax, wealth tax, income tax, inheritance tax, estate tax, excise tax, capital gains tax, reparations fee, donation to Democrat National Committee, title, license, destination, entitlement, and fees. Some assembly required. Safety claims are totally false. Disposal of old batteries in landfills makes us cry.
Well, will you just look at the time? This edition of the Truth Hurts program has run a little bit long, and I apologize, but you know what? The extra three minutes was worth it. Trust me. Go out there and make it a great day, everybody. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Truth Hurts program. Opinions expressed are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. We apologize if you were offended, but we retract nothing. Background music by Jason Shaw and Audionautics. Copyright 2021, the Truth Hurts Program Network. All rights reserved.